Welcome to Episode 6 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Philip Dixon, resident at University of Mississippi Medical Center and current Secretary-Treasurer of RSA, speaks with AAEM President-Elect Dr. David Farsi and AAEM Lobbying Representative at Williams & Jensen, Matt Hoekstra. Today, Dr. Dixon, Dr. Farsi, and Mr. Hoekstra will discuss AAEM advocacy, how it affects residents and students, and how they can get involved. Hello, everybody. My name is Philip Dixon. I am currently the AEM RSA Secretary Treasurer. I'm here to do a advocacy podcast with Matt Hoekstra and Dr. David Farsi. Matt Hoekstra works for Williams and Jensen. He's a lobbyist for AEM and all things political knowledge. And Dr. David Farsi, he's the president-elect of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. He's also the chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Mount Sinai in Miami Beach and the director of EM Critical Care there as well. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you very much. for Always a pleasure for us to be hosted by RSA. Thanks again for being here. So we're just going to be talking about advocacy and AEM's involvement in advocacy. So Matt, give us an idea of what advocacy is and why it's important to emergency medicine in general. Sure. Well, I think advocacy in the perspective that, that we're coming at this podcast from is about Congress and the White House and the administration and key policymakers in Washington, D.C., and also in the states, and advocacy in terms of emergency medicine, the residents and students, the practitioners, the attendings, what's best for the specialty, and how to promote good policy that helps you do your jobs in the emergency department, helps you take care of patients, helps you serve the underserved population that you do such a good job taking care of. I think advocacy is about helping policymakers be educated around the policy needs that you have, helping you guys be the best that you can be, and explaining to members of Congress, to staff, to the administration, here's what works, here's what doesn't work, here's where we need more government intervention, here's where we don't need government intervention, here are good standards, here are bad standards, here is the overarching message of how do we best take care of patients, promote quality of care, and also when you talk about the government, it always has to come back to efficient, cost-effective care as well. That's always a particular concern of policymakers when it comes to the emergency department because it is really the first line, the, the safety net for health care in our country. So I think we'll talk a little bit more about advocacy strategies, but one thing that I, I'd just like to say that the Academy and uh, the residents and students at RSA do incredibly well is come to D.C., Take the time to meet with members of Congress and staff and people from HHS and CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and really personalize the message, explain what you're facing back home, and talking about these issues in a passionate way, communicating the important issues that matter not only to RSA, but also to the Academy as a whole, and really fighting for the patient. So I think we do a wonderful job at that, and uh, would love to talk a little bit more about those efforts. Dr. Farsi, can you just tell us how AEM is active in advocacy and what kind of distinguishes AEM from other organizations, either in EM or in medicine in general? Sure. So first, I would like to add my two cents on what Matt said. Matt said 
a very eloquent way of explaining what advocacy is. But I'd like to explain it maybe to our residents and our students, the importance of advocacy. Uh, Matt, explain to us what is advocacy, but really I want us to understand the importance of it. The importance is each law that is passed will have a direct effect on your career. It will impact your practices and your future. Those laws will affect your, you know, let's take patient satisfaction. For example, we allowed patient satisfaction to slip through the CMS measures because nobody really was involved in this. And, you know, this has caused a lot of concern and unhappiness among physicians because of this satisfaction score. So policy is really about our future, and involvement has to start from the beginning. So most of you listening to this podcast, you may say, well, I mean, I'm not really, don't want to get involved. Not being involved would leave the future for anything to happen. This is important for the students and for the residents to start learning about policy, advocacy, and lobbying early and get involved. Either physical involvement, like going to Washington, D.C. for the RSA lobbying day, or even by paying your dues. Paying your dues will go a long ways to help us financially to pay for the lobbying firm and to address any issues that we have. So you asked me what differentiates us, what differentiates the academy from any other group. So we looked and we worked very closely with our lobbying firm and especially with Matt. We looked at issues and we decided that we were going to tackle only one issue at a time. If you've ever gone to lobbying at the Senate or Congress, you're not talking to the actual congressman or the senator. You're talking to the, their advisor. And their advisor are going to be met by 20 or 30 groups. And they're going to retain only a certain amount of information. We've got to get the big bang for the buck. And then one issue is what we're going to address instead of 20 issues like the other organizations are doing. The issue we tackle on right now, which is the most important issue, is due process. What is due process? Due process is the clause that most emergency physicians working for a contract medical group lack, meaning they can terminate you at any given time. Due process is guaranteed by JACO, by different uh, legislation, but yet we as emergency physicians waive our due process right. So our legislative action is for us to pass a bill or a measure where physician will not be able to waive their due process, but due process would be guaranteed. Yeah, and I think as a new graduate, um, you know, for m- many of our you know students becoming residents or residents graduating and getting their first jobs, due process is something that's a big thing to look for in contracts, and you know, for AEM to be advocating for due process for the physician is so important and kind of getting out there. We just want to let residents know how important of an issue this is. Matt, so we have due process, but is there any other specific topics that AEM has been advocating for that may or may not affect students, residents, and then kind of young physicians who are getting out in the workforce? Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, the first thing I would say is Dr. Farsi's right. One reason I think why the Academy is well positioned to be successful on the issues we advocate for is we have a tremendous amount of focus. And we do focus our energy on on due process rights. And I think it's a concise message. It's a message that resonates with people, with policymakers. And it also resonates in, in terms of people looking out for patient safety and quality of care. So that's always where I think our efforts start on the Hill. 
I think the other thing, just to just to revisit the last question, the thing that that we do differently though is we don't bring ten of the same people or twenty of the same people to Washington every year to talk about due process. We bring a wide variety of people in different parts of their career that explain why this is an important issue. So for the the medical students out there that are preparing to to be in that next step, to, to go the next step, it is important for them to kind of learn this issue. But it's also important for them to learn how to talk to policymakers. So they're learning that. They're learning kind of the key issues that will face them in the decades that follow throughout their career. They're learning how to communicate that and be effective advocates. I think in terms of the other issues, another thing that differentiates AAM from many other medical specialty groups in particular is that we don't bring people to Washington and then say, here's what you're going to talk about. You can only talk about this. We bring people to Washington and say, here's the number one issue, the most important issue to the academy, which is due process. Here are the facts about due process. And then we survey our members and we say, what do you care about? What do you want to talk to your members of Congress about as a medical student, as a resident? What are the issues that are most important to you that Congress think about addressing? So as a result of the, the surveys that you have done of your members in the past and to be responsive to your members, you've heard a great deal of other issues that have come up. So people that specifically want us to focus on graduate medical education and residency slots and, and all sorts of issues that medical student loan debt reform. These are issues that uh, Congress, surprisingly, I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn the extent to which the federal government sets policy that impacts how many, uh, how many funded slots there are for residents. I think people are surprised to learn the extent that the federal government has played a role in student loan reform and how much people owe on their student debt and when student debt is forgiven and what kind of jobs are eligible for that forgiveness. So I think through RSA, we've promoted a very, very good dialogue and conversation in Washington around not just due process, which is the, the top issue of the academy, and probably the most, definitely the most significant issue that will face people in the profession throughout their career, but it also gives them the ability to talk about some of the issues that are in the near term very important to them as well. We've had definitely great leaders at the RSA level and at the board of directors level that have looked at specific legislation regarding uh, student medical student debt reform and how do we bring the cost down and how do we make it easier for people to pay for their education and to also set themselves up for them to follow a career that they're passionate in, whether all the decisions being driven by how much money can I make, uh, what can I afford to do in my medical profession, allowing people more freedom and choice. So mm -hmm. I think it's really good that AEM fosters that relationship with the residents and students. I think it generates a lot of loyalty. I think it's a, it's a really good partnership that happens in Washington where it's not just a top-down approach. People are given the opportunity to come speak about issues uh, important to them. Yeah, and, and that's really so key. I mean, we did our advocacy day in Washington, D.C. You know, as a resident, I was able to talk to congressmen and women about the GME funding and student debt reform. And for perspectives, you know, stu for medical students who are listening to this, going on to residency, the number of graduating students is increasing, but GME funding for the large part has not gone up. And there's going to be a point where you know, the number of graduating students from U.S. medical schools alone is going to be more than the GME spots for residents, prospective residents. You're going to have medical students graduating without residency spots. And I mean, that's just a terrible situation to be in. So I know I could say as a resident that I'm so thankful that we were able to touch on this issue when we did our advocacy day. 
Dr. Farsi, do you have any advice for prospective students or residents that are listening to this that are kind of in the beginning stages but do want to get involved? And is there anything else that you'd like to add? So number one is I would like to congratulate the students that are listening. I mean, you're one step ahead of everyone. Uh, like you said already, the future of residency is being challenged right now. We will see in the very near future, maybe five to ten years from now, we'll have more graduating medical students than we'll have spots in residency. So the reason I say you're one step ahead because you're already ahead of the curve where you're looking into your future, getting involved with the RSA, getting involved with the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. So you're one step ahead. Now, if we're going to focus on lobbying, just listening and doing participating, going voting to vote at your local election, making sure, you know, the mayor, any election, you should be aware of it. Who's running? What platform do they have? What's the platform, their healthcare platform? What's resolution? Be familiar with their uh, lobbying power because that's, that's how it's going to start. As you're growing into, the, into your future, then participating in the lobbying day, participating in as much as possible in finance, contribution, $10 it may seem nothing, but $10 multiplied by you know, 100 students, that's become a significant amount of money for us. And it's, I think $10 is negligible for the students if they do it once a year. Most students and most residents generally tells me, says, you know what? It's too late. Nobody cares. You know, we don't want to get involved. And this is why I said, you know, if you set that tone, then we've, we've already lost the fight. And the more and more, if you're looking now in the past five years, we're seeing more physicians getting involved. We have physicians in the Congress. We have physicians in the Senate. We have two physicians running now for the next Senate race and more in the Congress. And I think we're seeing more and more physicians getting involved. And that's why is because for so many years, we had no physician. And so laws were made by lawyers. If we want to impact, we have to get involved. Is that answering your question? Yes, sir. I just want to add to that. I mean, I, I think one piece of advice that I would give is look at who's representing your organization. If you're looking to get involved, you need to know that if you pay your, you know, get involved and become a member, you want to take a very close look at who's working with the organization. What are their priorities? Who's driving them to do what? And I think when you look at AEM and the board of directors at, at AEM, I think you have a lot to be proud of because I think you see people that are fighting for democratic physician groups that are fighting for the doctor. I think another distinction, frankly, is you look at a lot of the other specialties and you see the, the corporate influence and you see so many other factors that go into the decision making. Oh, well, you know, we shouldn't be advocating for this because we might upset this group of people that we have a partnership with, or we shouldn't be doing this or that. I think when you look at AM and you look at the leadership of Dr. Farsi and the board of directors and others, I think you see people that are committed to change for the right reason, and they're pro-physician, they're pro-emergency medicine, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to sacrifice their time to come to D.C. to advocate, to be a constant advocate, and to really make a difference at the federal policy level. I think it's an important thing that, that everybody should be thinking about as they prepare to get involved. Definitely, definitely. Just kind of for some closing thoughts, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about the elective that AEM and RSA have that we have available to our students and residents? Absolutely. I think this is really such an exciting opportunity exclusively for 
for people affiliated with AAM and AMRSA, I think it is such a good opportunity to really get involved. There's a uh, one emergency medicine physician elected to Congress right now, and that's Congressman Raul Ruiz from California. He's a Democrat that serves on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, just recently got that post, and is somebody that, somebody that understands our profession and our specialty more than anyone else in Congress right now. It's a really good opportunity through this elective to go spend one month in his office, four weeks, Monday through Friday, a little different hours than you guys are used to. It's a nine to five, nine to six type of a desk job. It's a remarkable opportunity. By the time we get to June, we'll have had three people doing one month apiece in Congressman Ruiz's office. Last year, we had a good number of people do this as the year before. The whole idea was launched actually at a scientific assembly several years ago when a member of Congressman Ruiz's staff, she was an intern at the time and then became part of the legislative staff, came to scientific assembly and said, this is really neat could tell that people were really interested in government affairs and and there were a lot of young people that wanted to get involved. And we subsequently worked with her to set up this fellowship opportunities. I think some things you need to know about it, it doesn't cost you anything other than figuring out lodging for a month in Washington. There's, I think, something that, uh, that, that you can probably talk about as well to help with that coming up. But it's such a great opportunity for people that want to get involved to learn about the political process. I think you could look at something and say, well, four weeks, how much can you learn in four weeks? Being just in the halls of Congress when legislation is being made, when you see the negotiations between the House and the Senate, listening to the constituent phone calls, seeing the people who come into your office to advocate for different things, just being around that for four weeks is a lifetime's worth of education. And uh, I think people leave that fellowship with a very unique understanding of how Washington works, how Congress works. And it's a really an incredible opportunity. So, And it's also an opportunity to meet a member of Congress that came from where we came from. He has a very inspirational story about uh, what led him to, to into emergency medicine. He got into it for the right reasons, serving his community in California, and came to Congress for the right reasons as well to try to make a difference. I highly recommend that opportunity, and I'm sure Dr. Farsi would probably have something to add to that as well. It's the best opportunity. Put your your party aside, it's a amazing opportunity to see what a congressman does on a daily basis to actually be able to communicate with him and understand the legislative and lobbying process. Every students or actually residents and even attendings that went only give us the highest praise. Dr. Ruiz is not only uh, very attentive, but he also listens. It's, it's the time when one-on-one, you have the time to say, hey, you know, I'm really concerned about my loan. And he's like, you know, and he says, well, well, tell us more about it. It's priceless. And yes, it's nine to five, and you do get a full hour for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And for the residents listening, my program, I'm sure it varies a little bit from program to program, but you can have this approved as your elective, which will kind of give you some time in residency. And then as a student doing this, I think would be you know really invaluable in the process for applying for residencies. I think that's pretty much all I had. Do either of you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to say before we end the podcast? I just want to tell again, thank you for the RSA, for having me and having Matt. You know, we're strong believers of the RSA. The RSA is the future of the academy. Uh, your involvement within the RSA is crucial for the success of the academy, and we just hope that 
as you're growing through the rank and through the process, you'll join the academy as members and you'll continue to support the academy because without you, the future of the academy will be dark and I see the future of the academy as a bright future because we have such an amazing powerhouse in, within, within the RSA and you are our future, so we're investing our time and effort in you. Thank you for everything that you do for, uh, in terms of av- advocacy for emergency medicine. It's so important. And I personally look forward to seeing everybody that I meet through RSA d- continue to develop as a leader. And, and I think it's going to be very exciting to see in 10 to 20 years in terms of advocacy in, in my work, how many of you become legislators at the state level or members of Congress or real leaders in terms of health policy. I mean, think big and think about the type of change that you can really uh, enact in Washington. And, and it's very exciting to me to, to know that the people that I meet here through RSA uh, are going to be the future leaders of health policy in America. And, and I think that future is bright. Well, I'd like to say on behalf of RSA, thank you so much for being here. You both are amazing, amazing resources and just have a wealth of knowledge and experience. And we really appreciate you sharing some of that today. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.